Hello everyone, my name is Philippe and this is the podcast Life with AI, the podcast that we talk about artificial intelligence in a simpler way. And for today's episode, I'm here with a friend, I'm here with Vinicius. Hi everyone. And we're going to talk about AR and VR. We're going to talk about augmented reality and virtual reality. So to start this conversation, you can present uh, yourself and talk a little bit about your background, Vinicius. Okay, so I'm now at Telecom Paris uh, doing a double degree. That's where I met Felipe. I, I was originally from Puc Rio in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And when I was there, I, uh, I was part of the Apple Developer Academy, which is a project that Apple has with multiple different um, universities, mostly in Brazil, but also in the rest of the world. And that's where I first met AR and VR. So let's start the conversation. Uh, can you explain a little bit more about what is augmented reality, what is virtual reality, and of course, the difference between them? All right. So when you talk about virtual reality and augmented reality, we're talking about different ways to affect the reality you're in. So augmented reality is usually you keep the, the things that the person sees And you add some virtual elements on top of that. So you may have seen Pokemon Go as an example yes. or examples of tables popping up in the middle of a room through a digital camera. So that's two examples. In VR, usually you try to take the person off of their reality and put them in a completely virtual, virtual one. So usually you see those big headsets that completely block what you are able to see and put like a screen in your face. That's virtual reality. And as we're talking about those, I, I'd maybe add up two more terms. So you have mixed reality, MR, which is usually a little bit further than AR, but you also have different ways of interacting, usually with gestures and you interact with objects like they were real. I think that this is what marks the difference between AR and MR. And you may also see a term which is XR, which is just an umbrella term for any of those other three. So AR, VR, or MR. You can call about XR. Yeah. So to summarize, virtual reality is a completely new reality that you're going to be presented by the headset, for instance. And augmented reality is transforming the way we see our world. And the mixed reality is just like a mix of them transforming a little bit our world, but increasing some virtual things that weren't there before. That's it? Yeah, that's it. And you said about headsets. Do we have uh, other gadgets that we can use to these applications of AR and VR? Yeah, for, for VR, you have mostly headsets, but for augmented reality, you may also see some, uh, some phones and tablets used uh, as a way of interacting with this technology. But usually we think of the idea of AR as actually the ideal AR as some interaction with specialized glasses so that you don't have to hold something in your hand. In your yeah, hand. I see. Yeah, and of course, uh, to really create a virtual reality, we need a headset that uh, keeps us out of the real world so that we can be really immersed yeah. in this new world. Yeah, for VR, the headset is, is really important. 
Yeah, I see. So now that we already understand what is AR, what is VR and the difference between them, can you say a project, the most important project that you participated in the field? Okay. Yeah, so when I was back in the Apple Developer Academy, I experimented a lot with AR and we saw that every project that we did ended up having somewhat of a similar experience. So for our, our final project, me and a group of people, we decided to uh, work on understanding what makes a great AR experience. And we explored some different ways of interacting and some features that we thought was essential to a great experience. And we ended up developing a game, which is a local multiplayer. So you play with different people in the same environment and you, you basically have lots of different totems around in your room and you have to you have to try to dominate as much of space as as you can by knocking on those totems totems and and yeah gathering as much totems as, as you can so so it's a conquer game you need to exactly. conquer your opponent and you're you're going to create a virtual world in the room that you are yeah and you're going to run in the middle of this virtual world and you're going to interact with it in fact The way you can, uh, in this game, the way you can conquer a post, uh, a totem, is by knocking your iPad on the totem. <laughs> it's a virtual totem, so your iPad won't break, it's okay, but that's how you would and interact. How can you be sure that this token is virtual and there isn't like a wall in the place that you touch, that you, you knock? Yeah, so <laughs> that's a, a real problem. If you put totems past the wall, people might smack their faces there. No, the idea yeah, is that... smack the iPad there. Yeah, and also the iPad. <laughs> Which is more expensive than the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some cases that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what, what you do is, is you ask the framework that you're using to track virtual... to track floors and understand horizontal surfaces. And then based on the space that you find of this horizontal surface, we, we set what, what is the area available for the game. So an area that, is not, uh, that doesn't have a wall in the middle of it. And then you would we would calculate how the totems should be placed. And so that's one of the properties that we really like in the game, is that it's totally adaptable to the size of the place. If you take it in a, to a room and put some posts there, you have just a few. And then if you go to an open space and you can map a, a bigger environment, you will have a much bigger field to play. And the game will totally adapt to these different spaces. So that's really interesting. Yes, it's, it's really interesting. And one question that comes to my mind is how hard is to code, is to implement this game? Because I, something that I always try to, to say to my audience is that when we are talking about artificial intelligence, the algorithms, the idea behind the algorithms, they are complex, but they are already implemented. And you just need to use it. So it's very simple to use, even though it's hard, the concept behind it. And when you are saying about recognize the space, uh, recognize the area that you are in, it seems kind of hard to code it by hand. And what I would like to ask you is, is it already coded like we have in AI? We just need to use in the good way to make the application or you need to code it from scratch to recognize the, the space and the area that you are in? 
No, so uh, that's that's a great question. No, it's it's really easy actually. You you have most of the you have a framework that will do all the heavy lifting for you, as you said. Some the algorithms for understanding the the environment and and doing image analysis. All this is done uh, under the hood, and you just leverage the powers that these frameworks provide you. So in my example, I I always used Apple's frameworks because. I was in the Apple. You were in the Apple. <laughs> yeah. And, and in, in my case, I could say, for example, track uh, horizontal surfaces. And it would look for horizontal surfaces that I could interact with. Or you could even say something really specific, like uh, when you find a horizontal surface that is uh, 50 centimeters by 30 centimeters and looks like a chair or a table, you show this object there. So it's really, really easy to use. And if you have the basics of programming, I think you can you can start coding for AR. Yeah, that's very cool. And that's very important for our audience because maybe they are thinking that it's very hard to do. And no, that's not that hard. That's just like AI. The background behind it all, yeah, it's hard, but you don't need to do anything to create an application with this background. You, you, you will just need to use. And something cool that comes to my mind right now is that probably they use a lot of artificial intelligence algorithms to do all these recognitions. So you are doing a VR or a, an AR project and behind it all, they are using artificial intelligence to create this environment. Yeah, of course. Uh, in fact, I would say that VR and AR are just one of the applications of, of uh, artificial intelligence because every single framework that you use will be using behind the scenes uh, AI to understand the world, to analyze image, to analyze your movement with accelerometers and gyroscopes. And yeah, it's just a bunch of different models that are going to interpret all this data to be able to place those virtual elements as they should be seen, uh, as if they were in the real world. Yeah, very, very cool. So now let's move to our next question. And I would like to know from you, what are the best applications that you have for augmented reality? Yeah, okay, so I see many applications of augmented reality, but most of them when we have a really, really good AR glass. So I'd rather talk about these future applications, if you will. Uh, for example, you could use them for studying. Uh, you could have all different kinds of models. Uh, for different purposes. So for a student of medicine, for example, you could have a body lying there for you to operate on virtually and you could perform any kind of operation and practice infinitely many times any operation that you want using AR. And for that, of course, you would need some really, really good models and great tracking and all that. But that's one application that I see in the future. We were talking before starting the episode that there's another application in the industry and that's actually uh, one that's really common for giving instructions on how to operate some machinery or how to fix some some different pieces that you might be working with but i think that in general for our everyday use ar tends to follow a bit of the wearable trend right now that is some small interactions and giving you information when it's necessary so For example, you could be making a recipe, you could be cooking, and instead of 
having to look all every time at your phone you might have your hands dirty you could all you could see the the instructions flying around in your kitchen and just pointing to a pen or pointing to an ingredient and saying pick this up and put this here that's an, an example or even when you're driving you could have your gps work like a video game <laughs> the road is just highlighted and you could just follow the road instead of having to look at a, a phone or a different screen that so, that would be good that yeah. would be very cool yeah that's uh, if ar comes before the <laughs> the revolution on autonomous, on driving. autonomous driving that's true because yeah. then we will not need but even having the autonomous driving we could use it to walk into the streets it yeah. would be very interesting too Yes. Like a GTA mission, you would have and a actually, map to tell you to, where to go. Yeah, and I'll tell you, you you have this already. I we already With have Google it. Maps. Yeah, Google Maps have a great feature that you can just pull up your phone. Uh, you look around in the in the area. It will use. I think it uses images from Google Street View to know where you are. And based on this, it will show like flying panels that indicate which street you should go into. Oh my God, yeah, so, I didn't know. Yeah, when you are in a big intersection that has sometimes four different five uh, streets and you have to pick one, sometimes it can be hard just looking at a map. Yes. So it highlights and, and puts a, an arrow indicating, hey, go this way. So great. it's really great. Have you already tried? Yeah, here, here in Paris, I, I, know, I don't know how to walk around in Paris. So every time I need to go to somewhere Uh, a little bit more complicated. I, I just put on Google Maps. I raise my phone and it just gives me instructions. So it's it's very good. I will try. Yeah, for everyone, if you if you are in a city that supports this, you should definitely try this. Yeah, and now applications of virtual reality. Yeah. So I think that one great application of virtual reality that we cannot overlook is uh, for gaming, because it's a It's a really big market and and it's always growing. And yeah, it's a huge industry. Yeah, and, and it's amazing what you can do with virtual reality. For anyone that has tried it, uh, I've, I've personally tried once a shooting game with VR and it's amazing how immersive it is. It's It was a multiplayer game, so I had my friends also always also playing the same environment and I would see a like a robot in the virtual world and when I bumped into it, It was actually one of my friends, so I, I felt the bump and it was like really, really immersive. It's, it's amazing. Uh, that's one of the great things. Uh, and then you, you'll also, you can have, I think, military training. You could have a virtual environment uh, where you, you put people into different combat uh, scenarios and they're able to practice it and it might be... In the long run, the cost might be lower than actually doing a, a whole uh, real-world practice. And one thing that they can do is just like a virtual social media. Because I'm not sure, but I think Facebook has a virtual reality headset. Yeah. It's Oculus, right? Yeah, Oculus. And like, it's Facebook. They have uh, the biggest uh, social medias in the world. They have Facebook, they have Instagram, they have WhatsApp. And if they have a virtual reality glass, they could create a virtual social media. They, cre they could create this environment. Yeah, uh, Facebook has been investing a lot in AR and VR. Um, and actually, uh, they have done some announcements in AR in the past, but they weren't great. Mm. So uh, we have to see how it's going to evolve. 
but I think that recently they they presented a project of um, it was like using kind of holograms to put people in the same environment. Ah, they already launched it. Or was it Microsoft? I'm no, it sure. was Facebook and yeah. they launched it, I think, in last week or there are two weeks. Yeah, so you see many applications coming up, uh, starting to show. And I think that as time passes and as the technology uh, starts to mature, we're going to see even more examples and even more possibilities that we don't even think of right now. Yeah, but that's great. And uh, now that we know some applications that we have nowadays, I would like to know what do you think about the future of the field? Which applications we will have uh, in these both fields? Yeah, so I think that one of the things that we really have to see in the future uh, before we, we reach some great applications is the, the VR head, headsets have to become smaller and uh, they're too heavy right now. So it's not really comfortable to wear this thing that it's projected forward. So it's a weight in your head. So you, you don't really, after wearing it for some time, you start to get tired. So they will get, have to get smaller. And I think it, most of the wave is about the GPUs and the circuits that are yeah, yeah, in it. You right? have, yeah, probably. You have many different things uh, in there to understand the world, understand your movement, gyroscopes, accelerometers, you have uh, all the projection stuff for you to see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how much each of these weights, but yeah, there are a lot of different parts to make this work. And do you think that the 5G could replace all of these equipments that we have in the headset? to process all the images, to process all the 3D models and all of the algorithms that you need to process. And with the 5G, we would be able to process it all in the cloud. Do you think it will be possible with the 5G? Yeah, so I think that there are actually one step before this one that we have to see. Uh, today, when you're going to download a 3G, a 3G model, you might take too much time sometimes. And it's actually not a great user experience if you're talking about AR. Uh, if you have experiences that adapt to the environment and you have to download different models, you don't want the user to have to wait all this time. So with 5G, uh, you have theoretical download speeds of one gigabit per second. Oh my God. Yeah, so if you have, I don't know, a 200 megabyte uh, model, it's going to be downloaded super fast, you see? Uh, it's going to improve a lot on the user experience. That's one step. And then what you talked about is like cloud computing for the for all the all the processing of real world data. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if this will be possible with 5G, maybe. I think that what what really is going to determine this is the latency that we can get. Because when you're talking about VR and mostly AR, you really cannot have a lot of latency because the person is moving the world and if an object stays there and then after a while it starts rotating and then you move a little bit more and it lags a bit, it's a terrible experience yeah, and you lose any type of immersion that you may have. You need to calculate it all in real time. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't, I really don't know. Maybe you should talk to a Expert. 5G specialist <laughs> in the next episode. <laughs> Maybe. Also, we talked about what we see in the future of VR and for AR, I think that the headsets also have to start showing up. Today, you only have, you have two big brands that I know of, HoloLens from Microsoft and 
uh, magic leap. But there, I think that there's still a lot of room for improvement. There are still big headsets and uh, maybe when we see actual glasses or even, I don't know, contact lenses in yeah. a very distant future. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and we can see that we still have a lot of space to improvement that not many people have this kind of glasses in their house. We are Brazilians. Yeah. We don't know anyone that have a glass like that. Maybe in the US, uh, people already yeah. has. I don't, I don't know, maybe Europe as well, I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, in Brazil, I don't know anyone uh, yeah. who has Neither. a VR glass in, at home. And maybe with a cheaper experience and, a, and an experience that's worth the price. Yeah, uh, just for comparison, uh, Google launched a few years back the Google Glasses and they were completely It was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, the project was abandoned. That was not AR glasses. That was just some glasses with a really small screen that you had to look up to see. And that's like a heads-up display or a teleprompter. It, it's not AR. AR is actually understanding the environment and, and putting elements there. So uh, the AR headsets that you see today, they're very big. They have cameras. Some of them, I think, have LiDAR scanners. Uh, you have a lot of processing to do. Some AR headsets are plugged to phones to, to try to do the processing on the phone and have less weight. But there's still a lot of, a lot of ground to cover and, and many advancements to come. And you think that AR and VR, especially AR, will be something that we, everybody will use in the future? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that it's natural. Uh, we see how, how we interact with devices today and we start seeing wearables uh, being more popular and wearables like smartwatches they have some great features like uh, the sensors heartbeat sensors uh, they can track activity but the interaction is not perfect it's not great to to type a message on, on your wrist uh, also having to pick up the phone all the time to see some small information is not great so imagine that application that we talk about from google uh, google maps if you had that completely integrated in some glasses you wouldn't have to pick up your phone. You would be walking the street and when it's relevant, it would say, hey, turn in this street. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah, or Much the, better. Yeah, the cooking application that we talked about, it can only work if you have some great glasses. And I think that when we start to have these, uh, these glasses in the future, it's going to be inevitable. Uh, you go to a, to a supermarket, you won't want to have to look all the way to find the stuff you want. Maybe you could have just a, a list on your phone and it would know the supermarket, know where things are and just indicate it for you. In it will be all connected. Yeah, you can have highlighting stuff. Uh, I think that small, uh, small in insertions in the real world uh, would make a big difference, you know? Some details that you would have to go a big way to find out, they could be just inserted in AR and that would make a whole difference. So and it would be do small improvements of our experience in the real life. Yeah, and without polluting too much what you see. I don't yes. think that it would be great to just cover every single building and put advertisers everywhere, because that's a problem. Imagine having <laughs> posters fly, flying in your face all the time. It would be terrible. Yeah. But you could have a specialized advertisement. 
what we have in social media, we could have in the streets with this kind of glasses. So instead of the companies paying to have a billboard in the center of the street, you could have uh, specialized billboards for you. It did, of course it will happen. This is where the money is. Yeah. Facebook and Google made uh, make uh, almost all the money from advertisement. So if we have uh, this kind of applications, you can be sure that you will have uh, some specialized uh, advertisements for you. Yeah, I just I think that it's really important to focus on uh, on the user experience and not start just shoving all kind of information in their face because it can be really overwhelming. So I think that ideally we would see smaller stuff. Yeah, but. It's inevitable. Eventually, we'll have uh, some posters flying up in your face. Yeah, but it's not always bad. If you have a target advertisement for you, it's better to see something that you are likely to buy. That's something that you are not interested at all to buy. So if they manage in a way that they show a good amount of advertisement, it would be better than that what you have today. And also for the companies it would be better. I think we had a good conversation and I would like to ask you if you have something else to add and especially some advice to people that uh, is interested in the field and people that want to start in the field. Yeah, so as I said, if you if you want to get started with AR applications, you don't have to know any everything behind the behind the scenes, all the algorithms. You can just pick up some framework and start from there. So in my case, I used a lot of AR kit from Apple and Apple also has reality kit for rendering. So these two combined make AR experiences. That's only for iOS and iPadOS. Uh, if you want to go for Android, you could use Google's AR Core. And also there's Unity, which is a, a very big framework, a, a great game engine, and they also have frameworks for AR. So these three, I think that are some good places to start. And this Unity, it works for both uh, iOS and Android. Yeah, and I believe that with Unity, you might even be able to do like PS4 games. I'm not oh, sure. great. <laughs> PS4, they have their, their own VR games. Yeah, 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 they have VR games in PlayStation 4. I'm not sure how great they are, but Sony does have their headset and a special uh, kind of controller for... It, it looks like a Wii controller with a big ball in the, mm, in the top okay. of it. Yeah, so they do have some applications. Yeah, and we were talking before, and something that I remind now, is that using a MR would be better for the situation. Because you were saying to me that uh, we, we still need a control to play yeah. these games. But if we can touch and that the environment, that the algorithms understand our touch without the use of our control, it would be much better. Yeah, yeah. so if you take a look at when the HoloLens 2 from Microsoft were, were released and announced, they're, they demonstrated without controllers and with gesture recognition. So it recognizes the hand. And in the demo, they even played a piano using 10 fingers. And it worked? Yeah, but it was a live demo. Okay. So, so demo not... really controlled the environment yeah. was 100% controlled. They <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how it actually works. That's just what I'm saying. Don't go ahead, buy a, a HoloLens without taking a look at it. <laughs> To yeah. play music. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, they, they did actually make a demo with pressing buttons and using sliders, everything just with gestures and their hands. So I believe that this kind of interaction is the future for... Yeah, being a demo, we will have that in the future. Yeah. And that's very interesting to know. And I think we had a, a great episode. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed to record it with you. And do you have a last thing to add before we finish? Uh, maybe as you talked about... Uh, the future of AR headsets and glasses. I'll just say that every year we see different rumors about Apple launching a new AR uh, headset. I just like to say that I never worked at Apple. It was a, <laughs> just was, a lab. But... Yeah, it was a lab. But uh, I think that when we actually see a, a glass from Apple or a headset, it's going to be have a big impact because they're not known for just launching new stuff that yeah. is not that great. Yeah, you have the foldable phone trend now and they haven't experimented with it. They usually wait for a mature technology and maybe when they launch their AR headset, it means that the technology is, is really getting there and maybe we start to see more companies launching them and people really starting to use. So let's see, it might be this year, it might be next year, it might be in 20 years, we're not sure. <laughs> But it may arrive. And something that I would like to add is that uh, as you can see here in this conversation, AR and VR are the future. We will live with this kind of technology in our lives. And if you are interested into the field, I think that now is a very good time to get into it. Because if I had uh, like 23, 24 years Six years ago, and uh, someone told me that artificial intelligence would be the thing, I would be very rich right now. <laughs> Because before everything explodes, there are not many people working on it. So we have a lot of opportunities. And as we saw, it will be the future and it didn't explode yet. So maybe it's a good uh, thing to watch and maybe a good field to work with. Yeah, just... If you go a few years back, I, I don't even know how you would try an AR application. Right now, almost every phone you see around is able to render AR uh, scenes and, and do AR interaction. So when the day comes that a great headset is launched and it's affordable, it might just be a question of uh, one single device coming to the market and completely revolutionizing and starting this whole industry boom. I think that AR is just waiting for this this great device to come up. And if you are already in the market, if you already know how to build applications in AR and VR, you will have an advantage against other people and other companies. So that's what we had to talk to you today, guys. Thank you very much, Vinicius. Yeah, thank you for having me. And it was really a great episode. I hope you enjoyed it too. Don't, uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram and on LinkedIn. On Instagram, we are on podcast.lifewithai. And on LinkedIn, it's just uh, Life with AI. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. And until next Thursday, guys, goodbye.